0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by InsideTexas.com publisher, Eric Naline. Uh It's time for this week's State of the Program. Each and every week, Eric and I try to take that 30,000-foot view of Texas football and what's going on behind the scenes, uh, talk a little Longhorns uh, from that level. Uh, Eric, let's get started. You have put out a uh, both an offensive and defensive depth chart uh, that's a projected one, a rough f- oh, estimate. Um, what were some of the major takeaways that you wanted to, to, to really articulate by putting those uh, out there th- at this time?
1: Well, I mean, what stands out is the depth. Um, you know, Sark, I, I mentioned it as one of their big advantages going into the season. Um, I, we don't talk enough about it because everybody gets hung up on the stars: Kelvin Banks, uh, Xavier Worthy, Jatavian J- 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 Sanders, Jalen Ford. Uh, but it's that depth that I think is uh, really their, their their greatest advantage. We, you're going to see some teams crater this season uh, because of lack of depth. You're going to see probably Texas have a sustainable level of success because of depth. Um, it, so we don't talk we don't talk enough about depth.
0: It, that, that's a good let's let's do that. Where are they strongest and where are they weakest in your opinion? I I know where I think I I, I feel good about where they're weakest
1: on depth. Where do you think they're strongest and weakest on depth? I mean, their best depth is wide receiver, corner, and, and defensive tackle. Probably the the three, the, the to me, those are the three strongest positions on the entire roster. Uh, you know, not just this year. You know, they're going to lose a lot of uh, wide receivers. Uh, you know, after after this season, but I think they're going to have good depth uh, next year. Even I think defensive tackle is going to see a number of guys step up this season, to where we're not going to be nearly as uh, concerned about uh, D tackle going into the next season as I as I thought maybe maybe three or four four weeks ago, just because of the, the what we're hearing about the depth emerging.
0: What about your concern about weakness as depth? Mine, obviously, I, we've talked about it ad nauseum, is, is defensive end at this point. Even with Ethan Burke stepping up, there's really only three guys right now that, that, that Sark seems to feel comfortable calling on and Baron Sorrell, Ethan Burke, and Justice Finkley. Your, your thoughts on that position? Any other weaknesses you, you perhaps
1: see? Yeah, well, I think this is going to be the last year that we ever worry about uh, depth at defensive end, but it, it is going to be a concern for this season. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I think Ethan Burke's going to be solid. Uh, I, I think uh, Justin Finkley's is going to be a capable backup, but I am concerned about who's number four after the, after that. Um you know, I, I, I have concerns about Baron Sorrell. I, I don't think he got enough uh, time off the field last, last season. I think he was out there a, a way too much. Um, yeah, so that's that's going to be one that we're going to have. Uh, but I, I do think the players are going to develop uh, within the course of the season. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Colton Vostick going to play uh, a decent amount. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Jamon Tapp has got a, got a decent chance to see the field. Uh, Chris Ross. Uh, Colton Vostick's going to play this year. Uh, Billy Walton's going to play this year. Uh, so, you know, this is going to be the last year that we have to worry about that, but there's also different ways that they can overcome that. If they play a 12 personnel team, you're going to see a a different defensive line out there than, uh, than their traditional two, four, five. Uh, you know, but I, I think there's ways that they can overcome it. Third down, you're going to see Anthony Hill out there. Anthony Hill's going to be an edge. So, uh, you know, we're going to be a lot less concerned. Anthony Hill just made a preseason All-American, uh, per on three which is ours a little, you know, that might be a little home cooking, but uh, I think he's going to have a very good freshman year. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about Edge, no doubt, uh, but there's ways to scheme around it. Yeah, you're basically
0: saying they're going to manufacture depth. Alfred Collins going outside some a little bit. Sure. Anthony Hill rotating in. All of a sudden you've got five choices instead of three.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a game where, where Jade Barron has two sacks, and everybody's like, oh, you know, you didn't worry about the edge depth so much because, you know, you, you still manufacture pressure. So th- there's ways to get around it.
0: Got it. All right, uh, speaking with Eric Nalin, publisher inside Texas. Uh, Eric, I think that the other thing that I want to ask you about uh, today is um, the offensive line position I thought was probably the most interesting and has been the most interesting data point maybe of this preseason – And you came out and just said it plainly in that offensive depth chart. You put Cole Hudson as the backup center and the backup right guard. Is that you think that's almost definitive at this point?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think I think that's definitive. I think pretty much every one of the uh, uh, the position battles that we've talked about coming into the season, I think, are kind of defined at this point. Uh, And that's one of them. Uh, I, I do. You know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, but based on our, our intel, you know, uh, DJ Campbell's out there with the ones uh, more often than not. Um, and I think that uh, I, th- I think that Kyle Flood is kind of, uh, you know, contingency planning down the, down the road at, uh, for having Cole at center. Uh, you know, I think Cole's probably going to be the center next year.
0: Got it. Uh, I want to say thank you to our sponsor each and every week. Uh, the day of the Program is brought to you by, Ad, by Adam Lowy and the Lowy Law Firm. We appreciate him and his sponsorship each and every week. Uh, he's been helping injured Texans for decades. Uh, give him a shout at 512-280-0800 or uh, visit him at the com for a free consultation. Adam and his team uh, can help you uh, do, if you've been injured in a wreck, uh, on the job, give him a shout, free consultation, LowyLawFirm.com. We appreciate you, Adam, uh, as well. Hey, Eric, uh, you caught the interview, I know, with Kevin Eltyfe, uh, the... Uh, Uh, chairman of the board of regents from the university of texas Uh, you also saw the news uh, that uh, texas picked up a 10 million dollar donation from a from a donor uh for uh for chris del conte's salary essentially endowing the athletic directorship uh what are your thoughts on what's going on behind the scenes based on what you're hearing a lot of positive press in my opinion uh coming out of uh ut athletics at this point
1: yeah no 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 doubt about that but full disclosure i did not see the interview yet um i was driving uh, pretty much then you uh, you you dropped it and then i was meeting up with some of el friends in dallas so uh, i did <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a late night with some of uh, el crew so i kind of got the b- behind the scenes uh without actually watching the interview um but, you know my my resolve uh is to you know, i just have belief in these guys uh, you know el tire hartzel Uh, Del Conte and and Sarkeesian I think they really have uh, have a good thing going so I mean my resolve in in hanging out with some of his buddies in Dallas last night um, they're effusive in in his praise and these these are these are high 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 achieving people that I have a lot of trust in just personally you know I think these are very smart people Uh, and when they believe in these guys that gives you a a certain amount of trust as well this goes back to you know when we were uh, you know leading the charge on on whether or not um, uh, Tom Herman was going to come back you know we started to build a profile on these on these men which is i think is kind of why you know we've kind of uh, uh really understood where the the whole program is going uh at a distance uh, just because we we have this profile built on them we we understand how intelligent they are how how positively motivated they are for football to succeed um you know texas has in the past has said you know, we want football to be good. Well, they wanted football to be good from a financial standpoint. These these men want football to be good because they're they're they emotionally invested in, as, as you and I are, as as people watching this video are, uh, and that that's I think that's going to uh, come out in the product. I
0: really do too, Eric. I, I think that that's you know I, I I talked with him about Texas being challenged is a good oh. thing, right? Oh, yeah. oh, it's yeah. something that you've mentioned, Paul's. No. I mean, we we people that have been through this ringer. There's been the, the ones that just wanted to, yeah. oh, well, we're still making $10 million a year and putting it towards right. academics. That's okay. that We're getting it, a, enough out of it. I don't get the sense that that's what Kevin Eltyfe, Jay Hartzell, and Chris Del Conte, as well as their peers, the, the other members of the Board of Regents, the right. other influence and in, in, in big –
1: Big yeah, money. Right, folks that Weaver's, a big one. Weaver's a big one. So they, they just embrace competition. Um, you know, when we were trying to get information on uh, what the schedule is going to be for the uh, for the SEC, whether or not they're going to be at uh, eight, four or nine, three. You know, my sources all also we want to play. We want to play the toughest schedule we could possibly get. That's that's how these guys are wired. Um, and that goes from Hartzell to, to L-Type to, to the Sark to, to Del Conte. They want to play the toughest schedule possible. Uh, they want to create the best team possible. Uh, And they're going to attack it. And uh, I think when you do that, uh, the results tend to follow.
0: Got it. All right. Speaking with Eric Nolene, publisher, uh, InsideTexas.com. All right. They have the scrimmage this weekend. That's a mock scrimmage, Eric. Okay. You know what these are. You've been through the, 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 you've been through this. We've all been through this before. It's essentially a a run through of game-like situations. They'll go in and kick field goals. They'll call on the punt team late when it's fourth and one and they want to kind of decoy the defense those kind of mock situational pieces yet uh yet steve sarkeesian says he does not want to put out a depth chart until most likely next week and finally decide that do you think they're actually already decided and he's just making sure at the end of it
1: I mean, he knows his depth chart. I mean, they, they kind of know the depth chart going into the, in the fall camp. They kind of know it going into, in the spring ball, you know, it can always change uh, guys do improve and uh, you, you know, guys show that they're, they're learning and coachable and, you know, they definitely, it, it, it does move. It does have movement, but um, they know, they already know. I mean, I think that the players for the most part probably know as well. Uh, yeah. This is more about quick changes, you know, uh, you know, turnover, you know, they'll, they'll simulate turnovers and, you uh, you know, just get on the field fast and, and uh, trying to be uh, smooth with uh, their transitions. But, I mean, they, they know the depth chart. And I think uh, I think we kind of know the depth chart, too.
0: Uh, talking with Eric Nollin. Eric, the, the question I have next is about quarterback play at Texas. It's the million-dollar question, hundred-million-dollar question, whatever you want to put out there, right? Yeah. Um Quinn Ewers in his second season, Malik Murphy, Arch Manning, backing him up. Mm-hmm. Certainly, the most talented quarterback room I think, uh, possibly in the history of University of Texas football, except for maybe when Vince Young uh, was the quarterback and Colt McCoy was a redshirt freshman or still redshirting his freshman year. That 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 may be a little bit, bit different. But here's yeah. here's the question, right? Um, what are your true expectations from Quinn this year, and where do you think they need to be for Texas to be? that 10-11 win team in a regular season? I mean, what do they really need to see from him?
1: You know, I mean, I've kind of evolved on it. Uh, You know, last November, I would have said that that Quinn has to be great for this team to be great. But I I don't necessarily think that anymore. Uh, I do think that uh, Quinn is going to be good. I don't think he's always going to be great. I do think he's going to have some lapses here and there. Uh, I I, I just think he's still um, still a work in progress. Um, And that's not a bad thing. I think that he's going to be good this year. I think he's going to put up a lot of stats. Um, and I think his, but I think his best football is probably going to be played in the NFL. Uh, I just think that, you know, that's, that's the way it lines up with his, his significant talent. Um, uh, but also his trend line, he's, you know, he's got to get better in his mechanics. He's got to get, uh, it's got to be, uh, become more second nature to him. Uh, you know, the most natural quarterback on the, uh, on the roster is, uh, is Arch. And, and then probably the, 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 strongest arm is, is Malik. Uh, and that's crazy that we're saying that because they do have Quinn years who is a significant talent in his own right. Um, you know, I, I do think he's gonna, you know, probably thirty touchdowns and and ten picks or something like that, which is a, a sensational year. Uh, but there's gonna be times where you know you're gonna mayb- maybe be wanting more out of him, uh, and then there's gonna be times where he sets the world on fire. Uh, I, I just think that's where he's at. Maybe not gonna have the consistency that that Texas fans would want, uh, but he's still gonna be good. Here's here's a
0: here's a good one for you. Quinn Ewers clearly moved his conditioning up in the offseason rededicated himself whatever you want to call it right who else are you thinking did that and hearing behind the scenes that that maybe they weren't that player or, or they weren't in the best shape but have taken it their conditioning even to another level it's an interesting question for me
1: yeah i mean that that is a good one um it, it, a couple of defensive tackles, I think, uh, you know, Alfred Collins, for sure. Uh, you'd have to go with Alfred, uh, you know, if you're using leading indicators for success from how they, uh, they operated in the off season and, and you know, how they took to, uh, uh, strength and conditioning, you'd, you'd have to go with Alfred Collins. So, you know, I think it's kind of, uh, I think there's that he's kind of matured in, in a similar way, uh, to Quinn. Now, I mean, we're still, uh, you know, we're still trying to be, uh, a little, uh, tempered, tempered on it, but, um, I mean, everything we hear about it is good. So, you, 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 at some point, you just have to go with your information. Uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is has uh, has boasted about um uh, and you know, you know, Steve Sarkeesian is going to know what it looks like um, more so than us, right? We can have our concerns about uh, zero sum football. Uh, you know, it's time to give yourself.
0: You're breaking up a little bit here and there, Eric, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it from from here for for a couple seconds. The, the, the thought process I have with Alfred Collins and you said him moving up in the ranks and kind of creating uh, a better path for himself is the the, the real issue here um, for me. Because I think that Texas and what Steve Sarkeesian are creating is a culture that rewards guys going harder, right? And by bringing in guys that are talented behind them with these last two yeah. recruiting classes – it accelerates. I mean, Alfred Collins can't wait anymore. He right. can't, like, when yours can't wait anymore. Right. Yep. If he waits anymore, he's going to get passed. You, you think that has that, that compounding factor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that actually uh, extends into uh, recruiting, you know, they're, they're recruiting guys like that. Um, you know, they're not going to beg you to be, a Texas longhorn we were talking about that last night I was out with a bunch of donors last night and we were talking about uh, a couple of guys that ended up going to A&;M uh, they just weren't gonna beg them to be longhorns you know they want guys to be there they want guys to be uh, motivated um, you know that's when you get the most out of players and you know I think uh, I think they have a really good radar for what motivates guys and and identifying them in the first place you know there's gonna be a guy or two in this class that they're probably gonna get that I'm gonna have concerns about uh, but for the most part, they get guys that are self-motivated and you're hearing that with that freshman class. I just think Sark has a really good radar for it. You know, everybody talks about Sark's recruiting this kid. He's recruiting that kid. I don't look at it that way. I look at Sark getting to know that kid to see if he truly wants that kid in the class. That's the way I see it.
0: All right. I want to come back with one final question for you, Eric. But first I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy law firm. Uh, Adam's been helping uh, Texans for a decade or more now. Uh all you have to do, if you've been injured in a car wreck, uh, on the job especially, give Adam and his group a call, uh, 512-280-0800. Uh, they'll give you a free consultation or visit Uh And remember, Adam and his group focus on results. I know uh, that uh, a couple of people already called and had some positive uh, feedback from Adam on that. So uh, if you've been in a car wreck or injured on the job, give Adam and his team a call. Uh, Eric... Recruiting uh, is playing into this. Jerry's been on the road this week, right? Uh, Justin's going on the road this weekend. Uh, A lot of people uh, out and about finding out stuff. We find out that Dominic McKinley may be looking at LSU and A&M harder than we initially expected uh, yesterday. Wardell Mack, the defensive back that just committed to Florida, now scheduling a visit to do an unofficial visit to Texas uh, on the first weekend for the Rice game. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where is recruiting really at now? Are, are have a lot of these guys just kind of picked their tr- schools as a backup and then they're going to go actually re go through the recruiting process again? Or is it a mix and match? Because I'm, 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 I'm looking at this and thinking, you know, how much are they going to have to re recruit these guys during the season, whether they've gone to Texas or another school? And I'm talking about for all schools here. I mean, you, you sense my, my question, right? It's like, where is yeah. this
1: right now? Well, I mean, so they're at this point in the cycle, they're going after the guys that are hardest to land, and there's just that ultimate game of tug of war where you know nobody's trying to relent. Everybody's going after. They're being aggressive. Uh, they're going to get their best shot, and uh, you know Texas is going to get the best shot on these. It's the same thing. Everybody's got a, uh, you know, everybody's got a mark on Texas uh, on Saturdays. It's the same thing in recruiting right now, where you know Texas is in a good place with these guys. I, I you know, I almost put in a. I almost put in a prediction for Wardell Mack after he picked Florida, honestly, Uh, just to, just to chum it a little bit. Um, I I think that has a long way to go. I think uh, McKinley, even after they get him, I think it has a long way to go. Um, Colin Simmons, they have to stay, they have to stay diligent on that recruitment as well. That's just where they're at. Um, These recruitments, the the last ones, the last five or six are going to be extremely hard to get Ryan Wingo, Micah Hudson. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> they're going to be roller coasters. You know, roller coasters have that slow up. They have a very fast down. They have loops. Uh, they've got the bank where you're going really fast. You're getting nauseous. You think you're going to throw up. Um, and that's that's kind of where it's, these last recruitments are. So what you're saying is
0: we've gotten past the slow tick up the hill, right? Okay. To start the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're going yeah, down. Yeah. we going for the loops and get ready for the bank.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. All right. Uh, speaking with Eric Naline publisher insideTexas.com. Uh, if you don't have a subscription to Inside Texas, please get one. It's one dollar for one month. as an introductory rate. Uh, all the news and information you could possibly uh, want about the Longhorns. Um, Eric, any final thoughts or uh, discussion topics you want to hit on before we uh, say uh, goodnight
1: to this uh, state of the program? Not really. I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of have that nervous excitement already. Uh... Coming in for the for the season, you know, it's uh, everybody asks you, what's your what's your favorite part of the year to, to, to cover Texas football, and they, they they all think it's a season. No, it's not. The season is absolutely the worst. I'm <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck. You know, <laughs> um, I can remember phone calls I had with with Paul Wadlington uh, you know, after they barely beat Tulsa a couple of years ago. He's like, "What the hell are we doing with our lives?" Um, <laughs> no, the off season when it's recruiting is fun. Uh, you know, when it's real season, it's crunch time. So, uh, I'm still. Re- very optimistic. I'm, I'm looking forward to quite a bit, uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the next couple of weeks bring. You know, um, I, I will say this: the last, uh, the last week uh, before the games, where I start to really hit home on, all right, where can things go wrong? What, where, what are we missing about this team? What's the negatives? Uh, so we'll try to temper the Kool Aid a little bit. Uh, we know it's out there. Uh, it's not even all of us. You know, Sark is kind of pumping Kool Aid himself. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'm excited. That's, I guess, that's a long way to say I'm excited.
0: Sark is definitely leaning into that. I, oh, I, I, the yeah, part. But, I mean, I, I agree with.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's not so much pumping Kool Aid. It. It's you know leveling expectations. Everybody should have expectations. Bob, we have extremely high expectations of what Inside Texas should be uh, in the next in the coming years. Uh, it, you should have that about any, any organization. So I think that's healthy. Uh, but fans can tend to overdose on it, and that you know that's a little bit of my concern.
0: Yep, I got you. All right, uh, Eric Naline, publisher, InsideTexas.com. I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's State of the Program. Special thanks again to our sponsor, Adam Lowy of the Lowy Law Firm.